Are you ready to become the top in your field? I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Tradeswoman Talk Podcast, a show designed for you. One that strives to forge solidarity amongst tradeswomen. For years, this has been predominantly a male-driven industry. However, we are now entering a new era, one where whatever we truly desire can be ours. Like we have been saying for years, jobs don't have genders. On this show, we'll share information with each other as a collective to empower each other. I love being a part of such a great community. Share with us your trade secrets as we share ours with you. It's our time to do more than survive. It's our time to thrive. We're happy to have you here with us on the Tradeswoman Talk Podcast. And now your host of the show, Judeline Cassidy. Judeline Cassidy. Tradeswoman Talk is brought to you by our friends at SupplyHouse.com, an online retailer of plumbing and HVAC supplies. Pros can take advantage of SupplyHouse.com's Tradesmaster program and receive free shipping, free returns, exclusive deals, and a dedicated phone line. Be sure to start your next job with SupplyHouse.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Tradeswoman Talk. My name is Judalyn Cassidy. I am a plumber, keynote speaker, and the founder of the nonprofit organization Tools and Tiaras, Inc., and the chief visionary officer of Tools and Tiaras, Inc. Today, on this episode of Tradeswoman Talk, I am extremely excited to speak to my guest, Sanad Woodworth. Before I start speaking to her, I would love to read her bio. At age 19, Sanad Woodward was fortunate to see an advertisement on the train for a pre-apprenticeship program called NEW, Non-Traditional Employment for Women. When she finished her eight-week program, she was very fortunate to become an apprentice at the New York City District Council of Carpenters Union 157 in 2012. Two years later, after graduating from her apprenticeship, she became the first African-American and youngest council representative for the New York City District Council of Carpenters. June 2018, Sanad was honored by New for her work she does advocating for the trades. Sanad is extremely honored to be in the position where she can help recruit, educate communities about building with your hands as well as building a future for sustainable wages. She credits the union and her mentors that helped her on her journey. Her career has given her a life she never thought was possible. Sanad is extremely grateful for the skills and knowledge she gained, and most importantly, the family she has acquired joining the union. Welcome, Sanad, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Tradeswoman Talk. Thank you for having me, Judy. <laughs> I am so happy to have you. So before we get into our conversation about our common love, which is the trades and the union, I have this game I love to play with my guests. Okay. It's, it's called Five and Five. Okay. I give you five questions. You only have two choices. 
and you cannot cheat and bring your own choice in. So you only got a choice of one or the other. Sanad, are you ready? Yes. Go ahead. She is ready. <laughs> what is your preferred drill? Cordless or corded? Cordless, of course. Okay. It's game night with friends. Dominoes or spades? Spades. Okay. We are definitely on lockdown and everybody is streaming movies. What do you prefer, drama or comedy? I'll take the comedy. Nice. <laughs> it's time to warm up for battle with a superhero. Which superhero are you going to choose? Is it going to be Storm or Catwoman? I got to pick Storm. Storm is the girl. <laughs> I figured you would have <laughs> Right? One more. So do you want to either use, it's your, you know, which one you prefer and is most comfortable with, a pocketbook or a knapsack? A knapsack. Hands Thank down. you. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> not as difficult as you thought. So everyone who's listening, before I actually met Sanad, someone has posted this video of this amazing woman giving a speech at the Robin Hood Foundation, accepting an award from New. And this wonderful person was Sanad. I watched her video and cried. Everything she said in her video, I identified with. And I was hoping that one day I could meet this amazing person. And it so happened <laughs> that the universal line that we actually met and we were doing some girl power work in a friend of ours basement. And I am totally one of her biggest fans. Totally. And oh, um, I no, no, I really am. When I saw that video, it really, really moved me. The power of what the union and having a job that you love can do. So what was the reason why you chose that path to become a carpenter? And how did that happen? So I went to non-traditional employment for women. I did their eight-week night program. And the experience of learning different trades, right? But most of all, the instructors I had. So Tammy Rivera was one of my instructors. And Maggie also. Yeah. So these two women were rock stars. I mean, it was no, nothing left but carpentry for me because of them. Tammy, who is my mentor, you know, she was my teacher. She is uh, now my colleague, you know, and she's my best friend. So I think that mentoring goes a long, long way. You know, having that person reach their hand out to you to pull you up and lift you up, you know, is very important in the trades. And I think uh, every day. Yeah, I'm trying to get Tammy in the podcast. Tammy is <laughs> also this amazing, amazing person. And I really agree with you about the mentorship and having someone within the trades that you can look up to. And also, like, pull you when those days get really dark and you, um, exactly. you can't do it. What was one lesson? that you've learned during your time of being an apprentice that you wish that someone had told you that, you know, besides Tammy helping you, but you figured out on your own and you said, man, I wish I knew that. What is this one thing you wish you had Ooh, learned? That's what a it? hard question, Judy. 
it could be a skill or just something that you never thought like, wow, uh, you know, I never thought that coming to work early is could be, it could just be that one thing that like uh, helped you that you wish you had known before. Ooh, this is a good question. <laughs> I, you know, um, something that I'm not going to say regret because, you know, everything yeah. we do is a part of um, who we are. Um, I would say that, you know, don't ever show people your weakness, right? Mm. That That's the biggest for me because um, the unfortunate part about being um, in the trades and it's not a bad thing. It's just once someone has an image or a thought in their mind about you, it's never forgotten, no matter how long you've been in, you know? So I think that playing it safe and always having your composure and keeping your composure is always the safest and, and the best option to go. Because again, that one little thing you do, whether it's for me, it, it probably was crying on the job, you know, when I was fed up, you know, not that I had many days like that, but sometimes you do snap, right? Sometimes you think this is not for you. Sometimes, you know, you say, what am I doing here? Right. Right. But it always goes back to why you're doing it. And, and going back to mentorship, it always helps when you can call somebody and say, hey, this is going on. What should I do? Can you help me? And representation in our trade and in our field and in the union through collective bargaining makes your job that much easier because you have someone to lean on. Yeah, I totally agree about the crying thing. Every sister... <laughs> and it's embarrassing, Judy. It's embarrassing, you know, but you know it happens. <laughs> it happens. And, and really and truly, it happens to every single tradeswoman. Yeah, okay? in person. In person, because yeah. men cry too. And it's okay yeah. to cry. But then it's, it's okay. no, it's not. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a weird... <laughs> It's a weird thing, but yeah, it is. There's no crying in construction. Hell no, there's crying in construction. So don't feel bad about uh, about that. But like you said, I learned the same way too. Like my place of crying mm-hmm. was the bathroom. Like I would run to the bathroom right. and right. I wouldn't cry in front of them. Anytime <laughs> I'm crying in front of the guys was because I was so angry that I couldn't do what I wanted with tears was the next best thing. Exactly. That's a tears. Exactly. Tears when it was just emotionally overwhelming. And yes. then there was tears of when, boy, I'm so angry. If you only know. Exactly. I'm yeah. thinking about an episode of Dexter right now on you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I totally get that about the crying. So, um, Tammy, you are a force. Tammy and you are forced to be reckoned with, with recruiting and yes. advocating yes. for women in the trades and for unions. And you recently, if I'm wrong, is part of your community board? Correct. Yes, ma'am. Why do you feel it's important for union members and people in general to be part of their community boards? Extremely important because you are a part of the decision making. You know, you are a part of the process. You get a voice, you know, and you can actually sit at the table and teach other people how important it is when unionized construction is in our communities, you know, and when buildings are going up and that they're built the right way, you know, at the end of the day, community boards right now are the only power that we do have because when no one's watching, people are going to do what they want to do and treat you how they want to treat you. Right. So having that support system in your own community 
and bringing the awareness to the issues that affect us directly, not only just us because we're union, but what about the people that deserve to be unionized? Yeah. And but they they're too scared to speak up for themselves. You know, what about those people? So it's extremely important. What you're saying is you truly believe that each of us, we have a responsibility when we Mm -hmm. have that power to be a voice for others. And you continue to do that and exemplify that in so many ways. I wish I had the time. The way you do it is just like absolutely amazing. And it's just (laughs) amazing to see a young woman like you being out there and advocating for for the trades and for the union. And um, one of the things that impressed me about your speech when I watched that video is the way you were honest and vulnerable to talk about the struggles that you've had and what led you to be in this amazing woman that you are now. And uh, I'm going to put the link in for the video in the (laughs) podcast so everyone can watch it. But what was so inspirational about it is the way you spoke about your grandma and the way she just moved you. And that really touched me because I grew up with my great-grandmother. What effect and how did she really help mold this amazing person we see here now? What role she played? Oh, she was, um, you know, a strong person. You know, when you, when you can lose everything and, you know, she was at a point where all her kids were grown. It says a lot when you can take in all of your grandkids and not let them go to foster care and have to start your life all over again, living for your grandkids. You know, that takes a strong person because I'm not sure many people would do that. So her life was always on hold. She kept wanting to go back to nursing school and it just never happened for her. And and it's real because it's not just me. I'm not the norm. I mean, I am the norm, but this is not normal. This is not normal circumstances, but people deal with this every single day in our communities. Yeah. You know, so it happens. But um, to be able to to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and be able to take care of her and be able to make sure she's comfortable when she's older. You know, that means a lot to me. She's my everything. My grandmother. Yeah, she's a rock. And that's what's so good about women. We are just this pillar of strength that when we have, we bestow unto others. And the fact that she she took you when she didn't have to, same thing like my great-grandmother. Right. Uh, she actually took care of my mother. It's always, wow. and then took care of me and uh, made sure I got an education and just kept on telling me that you were put here for amazing things. I didn't believe it. I mean, when wow. you're young, you don't, you don't believe all of those things, but as a woman in the trades, what do you think uh, you want to impart on the younger girls and also women? Because you have helped me teach, uh, you know, at the summer camp and the girls really loved you. <laughs> a lot of them wanted to be plumbers at the beginning of camp. And then when they met you, they wanted to be a carpenter. And I lost like Whoa. a whole, okay, I lost a couple of them. So what do you, what do you want to impart and leave and teach young girls about just walking in their own strength like you have been doing? I would tell them that um, don't let anything stop them. If I can walk through the midst of the fire and, 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 and still make it and still be here, you know, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Don't let anything or anyone tell you that you couldn't, can't do this. Always remember in the back of your mind, just because you're going through something, that there's always someone going through something way worse than you. Yeah. 
I like know. what you said, the minutes of the fire. I like that. I'm going to like steer that. <laughs> <up the moment>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mid- don't look at it, but it's in the midst of the fire. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was soon will be over. The fire doesn't go on That's forever. Right. That's and, right. Uh, triumph over it. Definitely, definitely. So what is your favorite thing you like doing as a carpenter? Um, My favorite thing would be, Oh, that's a hard one too. Wow, Judy. Um, you, really, you really love your trade. You're worse than me. <laughs> I, I um, my favorite thing would would, would probably be um volunteering to um make things come to life. So I do a lot of volunteering, especially um in the Bronx, for women's organizations, nonprofits, and to be able to have the skill set, right, and be the leading force as a woman on these projects, I think that is very important because it's an eye opener still to this day. You know, it's like, Oh, you're still, you're a carpenter still in 2021, (laughs) you know, we've come a long way um, as tradeswomen, but we still have um, things to work on and we still have um, eyes to open. And that's what, what it's all about, Judy, you know, like yourself, you know, all of these wonderful things you're doing. Every time I turn around, you're on television. I'm like, oh my goodness. Whoa. Whoa. Like, can I get your autograph? Yes, you are doing it. You are doing it. You know? I uh, yeah. And we need more. And we need more. It can't be two or three people, right? There are many amazing women out there. Our time is now. Yes. I totally agree with you. That is why. I have tradeswomen talk like that is exactly what you said. I don't want to be the only voice. I don't see me being the only picture or any other woman who's uh, being spotlighted. I want people to know of the hidden gems and the amazing women like you are in the trenches doing the work, like definitely in there doing the work. And like you said, I work for NYCHA now, right? And uh, Congratulations. Big deal. Big deal. Well, I like it because I love being able to see the direct effect of my plumbing and the way people are really, really happy to see me. But before, like you said, part of it is an image problem. I go knock the door and nobody believes I'm the plumber. I have to say, I have to make funny jokes. Like, I know I'm so adorably cute. I can't believe, you know, I know plumbers not supposed to look as cute as I do. I get them to laugh. And that melts the ice. But mm-hmm. so this week, as you talk about image, I think I need a uniform. So this week I started wearing my union jacket that has nice. my name and it says plumber. And now they believe me. So it's almost like wow. it's almost like the fire woman and uh, police officers and EMT and all these other people. Everybody has a uniform. Nice. I think my uniform has to be always something that says plumber. So <laughs> I just, so it's funny. Like I, that was like an awareness that happened this week. Like I didn't get as much pushback this week because I was wearing a jacket that said you wear plumber on it. So that was pretty cool. But <laughs> I think, like you said, now is our time. And, right. and now that you know that now is our time, if you had somebody gave you a lot of money and you can put up a billboard like mm-hmm. in Times Square, what would you want to say to women? It would say, let the fire inside you burn brighter on the outside of you. That's what it would say. 
Um, look at that was it. That's a beautiful <laughs> billboard. That, that's awesome. I love that. That is really, really, really good. I like that. Thank See, you, you had a sign. That's important. We don't think about it. <laughs> so if you had to wake up tomorrow morning, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow magically this world can be a better place for black and brown people and women. Mm -hmm. What would that look like for you? It would look like everyone would be mixed, right? It, you know, and I know that sounds so crazy, but I think that's the only way to solve the problem that we are facing today. Interracial couples, you know, you see that a lot on television, you know, but it's not only on television, it's in, it's in everyday life. So my thing is, once that happens, once everyone uh, looks the same, how do you discriminate? Yeah. You know, I, I know it sounds it sounds a little up there, but we're in 2021 and people are still getting shot in, in the street. Yeah. Right. We're, we're in 2021 and you talk about affordable housing for, again, people that look like myself and you. Mm -hmm. Right. So in hindsight, we are going backwards in history. We are not going forward, unfortunately. And the sad part about it is a lot of people, or should I say a lot of politicians, are not seeing what's going on, right? Because they're feeding into the narrative that the current circumstances that we're dealing with right now in the city are good for us, are helping us, and it's not. It's actually segregating us more, right? You're telling people, hey, go to this part of Brooklyn, yep. go to this part of the Bronx. Right. But you're keeping them in bubbles, yeah. you know, so you're keeping them in poverty. And eventually, you know, those people will be wiped out. Yeah. So nobody and it is sad. Nobody's seeing that. And and that is what we want to do. We want to change. And that's what you and I are trying to do, especially. And that could be changed with opportunity. Opportunity meaning having a good job, a good yes. union job, a good Absolutely. paying job. Absolutely. Um, and I think like the unions don't realize that. Um, we are a hidden gem and we need to right. go to more of these communities and let them know that, hey, this is where the dollars are at. This is where the paper is at. That's right. You come here and we can teach you a skill that is transferable. And mm -hmm. once people become part of the union, as you and I are both testament to, mm -hmm. we don't keep that for ourselves. We don't keep it for ourselves. Exactly. We share it with our communities. We become a voice that says, listen, I started off being a really, really poor girl in Trinidad and Tobago, an immigrant, sleeping in the same bed with my grandmother, great-grandmother, until I was 16. Wow. Okay. That was all right. And now I have a good union paying job. Mm -hmm. I have a skill like you who volunteers. I help build. I'm part of the process of building America. I'm part of the process of building New York City. And I'm definitely part of the process of, of speaking about the unions. So we need to get into our communities and wake these politicians up that these jobs will help change communities if they only have the opportunity to get in. And I think that's where we as yes. a union and as women, I think we play a big part in that. Absolutely. I agree 100 um, percent. My union has been taking strides to do this, just that. Um, we've been holding webinars via Zoom during the pandemic. Currently, going forward in the new year, we will do some more of that. And, you know, the sad part about it is people sometimes will have an opportunity in front of them will say, well, you know what? The union's still racist. 
once I get in, like my uncle told me before I got into the union, you're not going to find a job. You know, that mentality is still there. You know, the mentality is saying, hey, you know what? If you get in the union, you're not going to have any overtime or you'll get one job and that's it or you won't last. You know, that's still the mentality. And it's even up in Albany when I'm sitting at the table trying to defend something that has made me so successful. Right. I'm sitting at the table trying to tell my own people, hey, look at me. It's possible. And they're saying, oh, well, that's not good enough. What do I do? How do I convince them? Yeah. It's a process. It's going to take work. I mean, I understand the history, right? Mm -hmm. I understand where we came from. But one thing that did stick out in my mind to when I was speaking with a pre-apprenticeship program that was unofficial, you know, Mm -hmm. in one of the boroughs, they said, you know, this program was created because historically there were a group of people who were discriminated against. And someone made a conscious decision not to allow them the opportunity. Yep. However, our union is still here. Right. So my answer was we've been around for 100 years and the faces are changing. Yeah. The faces of the building trades is changing. And I think it's changing because of people like you, people like Tammy, people like Dawn that I interviewed, uh, Tanya, all the amazing brothers and sisters who are saying, you know what? I'm going to defy your stereotype. I am going to show you that the union can change. And I think we have to keep pushing our union on that line. And it's hard. Uh, Sometimes they they don't want to be pushed. It's it's, it's like a marriage. It's like a marriage. I'm telling you to bring me flowers, you you know, take me out to dinner and you don't want to do it. And I just got to keep on doing it and keep on, you know, nagging until we get there. And that's don't. If you're listening and you're you're struggling and you're part of the union, mm-hmm. don't give up. Don't quit. If you got in there and you're the only person, only person, only woman, woman of color, black or brown, Asian, you stay there. You stay okay. there and you and you become an advocate because I didn't realize how important I was being visible until I see young girls like DMing me on Instagram and saying, well, I became a plumber because my dad showed me a video of you or I'm a sheet metal worker and I wanted to quit. But when I see the stories that you post on tradeswomen talk and they hear amazing women like you, it gives them that opportunity to like not give up. So yeah, I'm just so happy that I had this opportunity to like, (laughs) you know, to speak with you. So if someone was interested, uh, which is beyond me, um, why they won't be a plumber, but um, if someone... <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> yeah, you know how we had the trades always. <laughs> but just that, you know, if someone was interested in um, becoming an awesome carpenter like you, how can someone get in touch with you? So I can put my telephone number here. That's okay. My telephone number is 917-376-5513. We have multiple options. So... Coming in February, we have our specialty recruitment, which consists of cabinet makers, floor coverers, millwrights. So basically, those locals will be accepting applications every second Wednesday of the month between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. at 395 Hudson Street near the school entrance. Okay. That's one thing. You also have it's a GED or high school diploma is required. And we also have our building works program, 
which is similar to the new program. It's a six to eight week pre-apprenticeship program and it's amazing. So those are the two options okay. you have. And any questions, you can give me a call and I'll, I'll be happy to help you. Thank you so much. What we'll do is I'll get that info from you and I'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. So- people can get it so february i'll definitely be looking out and <laughs> if any of my little girls try to get down there and be carpenters oh okay all right okay <laughs> from the camp but um before we leave i love to ask my guests this question what is the thing that when everything seems like it's overwhelming in your life you can go to that makes you know that everything it's gonna be all right like what is that one thing that helps you know that everything is going to be all right at this point it has to be all right Mm. and I say that because you know I was at a point where I didn't you know I didn't have anything right so I think about those people who are homeless on the street I think about the people who are dealing with things far worse than myself right so I think that at this point it's nothing that I'd rather be overwhelmed than not overwhelmed Mm-hmm. I'd rather be doing something than doing nothing, right? And when I'm still, guess what? Life goes on. Nice. So I keep that in the back of my mind. And, you know, God is good. Every time I open my eyes, thank you. Thank you, because life could have been very different for me. Yeah, gratitude is a must. It's it's. I think a lot of people have to get that, that gratitude for whatever the circumstances I've been learning is a must. So That's right. Yes, sister. So from right. your number one fan, <laughs> your number one fan, I am Aww. so happy that I finally get to have you and share you with um, our community who don't know about the amazing woman like you who are out there every day grinding for uh, the union and also grinding for women. So thank you so much for taking time out. And Thank you, on. Judy. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Tradeswoman Talk. And if you like what you heard, I mean, go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a a review and let us know what you like. And thank you so much for joining us. And also remember, everyone, there is someone out there waiting for someone to show them how magnificent they are and what they can be. Be that someone. Until next time, people. See you. Be well. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Tradeswoman Talk Podcast. Stay connected with us directly through www.toolsandtierras.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tools and Tierras. I always follow them. I always follow them. If you would like to connect with us, please send us an email through info at toolsandtierras.org. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, make sure you let someone know how magnificent they truly are.